there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. With hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of thesaintsnation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get his... I don't even have a joke, Dave! All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fan. Andrew, I did the count wrong last week for the, 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 the drive to Drunk History. It wasn't 52, it's 43. We're at 43 donations, so we need 57 more. So you the, were off by nine? I was off by nine. I, 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 I accidentally counted. Man, your math is terrible. I, my math is terrible. I accidentally counted the donation, the, the people paying their fees for the for the podcast leagues, and that's why it was off. But we're, I mean, I just don't even know what to believe that no. you say so anymore. So we're, we're, we're at 47, right? We need, we need 47 more is what I'm telling you. Um, so, Wait, we have 47 and we need 47? No, we have 47 we need 53. Yeah, oh, there you go. So, so we need 53 donations, uh, and we have until the Super Bowl is played. And, and if we don't have it by then, whatever the proration is, that's how much of a season you get. But you want to do all 100 because then you get a full freaking season of Drunk History plus three bonus extra episodes throughout the rest of the year. And the Saints are going to be doing shit in free agency and all the fun. So you want to donate to Drunk History, click the donate button. It's $20. It's a gift that gives all year long. All right. The Saints won yesterday. Oh, my God. It was the it was the the, the worst kind of Saints game because I think the worst kind of Saints game is the one where you think they have it under control. And then it just goes to shit really, really fast, like a like a plane hitting turbulence. And that's how that game was. It was thirty-one to nineteen. I was like, it's it's kind of in the bag. Defense is struggling, but they're not. It's going to be fine. They're, we're on our way to Minnesota. This is going to. We're just going to cruise this puppy home. It's all good. And then it went to total shit, Dave. And I was gripping hard. You can ask Andrew. I was texting. They're going to lose. Uh. The dome. How was it yesterday? Was was there a sense of panic at the end? Um, yeah, there was a sense of panic at the end. I, I mean, you know, even though you're surrounded by sixty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of your closest friends in the Superdome, and you're all going through this experience together, I, I still, at least me personally, I still am I'm focused on me and my feelings. I don't really <laughs> know how everybody else is feeling, but. Um, you know, yeah, definite panic. You know, the fourth and one call, I... Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm <laughs> you know, that, 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 was, that was the the zenith of the panic. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, but no, the dome was uh, the dome was totally rocking. I w- we were just talking about it. I, I think it was top three or top five loudest and most intense atmosphere. Um, I, had people, you know, I had people DMing me and on Twitter in regular Twitter saying that they were like, I am at this dome. I am in the end zone. It is so fucking loud. It is messing up the Saints defensive secondary. They can't communicate. Like, that, yeah, that's how it loud people were saying it was. I mean, I don't normally drink for the afternoon games or the day games, but I had a few beers before the game oh, this time because wow. I was with some friends. So, I mean, I was totally, uh, you know, lacquered up and ready to go. But, I, you know, just since waking up, I was all excited. Did you, did you, did you, know, did you continue energy. to drink during the game? I did. I did. Nice. What, what's your, what's your I, beer of choice? Where Do you get the Dixie Light? Okay. So, um, first of all, I'm a beer snob. And second of all, uh, at my gate entrance, the stairs are right by the craft beer thing. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. and like I the $10, right? Like the $10 craft beer? $10, uh, no, it's probably like 13 bucks. So I'll get like yeah, a craft yeah. beer. Like I think I got Southern Prohibition crowd okay. control. You can get a but you at, least get, you at least get a big cup, right? You get a case of Blue Moon for $13. Yeah, but so, but so here's the thing. Like I, I, I always bring like friends or whatever. And, you know, I have nice seats and they're expensive. And so, like, generally, my friends that I bring will take care of the beers, um, you know, since because I don't I don't make them pay for their ticket. I just invite them. They're my guests. Uh, so usually my friends will pay, you know, say, hey, you want a beer whatever. So I usually don't even pay for the beer. Um, but anyway, it was, you know, the towels. I like having the towels. I like waving the towels. That's always a nice touch. Everybody got towels on their seats. Um you know, Reggie came out. I don't know. The, I, I didn't see any bat. I don't know what was they up with that. DJ, was, they had a DJ doing uh, Manny spin. Fresh. Yeah, they Manny had Manny Fresh. Fresh. I didn't even notice he was there. I, I didn't even know he was there. And I didn't see Reggie, Reggie Bush. Bush. I don't know. Was, Reggie Bush was not allowed to bring the bat out. Oh, okay. He, so he, he was not allowed to bring Mike the bat. Mike Hoss, though, yeah. had the bat, I was told, during the interview with Reggie No, Bush he had a little game. miniature Louisville sl- He had oh, a miniature version. No, it was like the kind you, you had up on your wall when you were eight five, eight years old <laughs> uh it was lame uh but anyway it, it was it was awesome it was totally loud i, I mean it was especially at the beginning um it's, it wasn't just that it was i think we talked about this last week about the falcons game and it wasn't necessarily that it was just really loud at any given point but it was very consistent like we they kept it up uh, not even just on third down or fourth down, but you know, even on first down or second down, people were into it way more on a regular basis than they than they normally were. Yeah, I, and I'm of the opinion that the Saints stadium is still one of the loudest because it's it's one of the older stadiums and it doesn't have all the amenities that that people gravitate towards, and so people are actually in their fucking seats during the game. Uh, Andrew. Uh, we talked about this after the game, and I talked about it in my column today. I think you take out the fourth down throw, which we can get to. I think this yesterday is like a top three all-time great Drew Brees game. That motherfucker was on it. And he, and, and when he does his contract negotiation, he should just play that 45-yard pass to Michael Thomas on a loop and just – for 10 minutes and just be like, Loomis, pay me my fucking money. Like, he was unbelievable yesterday. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I have a coworker that's a big Rams fan, and he told me that he had turned on the game and that he was watching, you know, the Saints-Panthers, and he said that he, he, he actually referenced that play that you're talking about where Drew Brees, you know, kind of 
flushes out of the pocket. He's on the dead run and he makes that throw downfield to Michael Thomas. And, you know, he said, when I saw him make that throw, he was just like, God damn it. Why can't Jared Goff ever make a throw like that? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, this is, you know, they spent like a first round pick on this guy. And, you know, by Four all accounts, he had, about, he, had, he had a, he had a bad playoff game, but by all accounts in his second year, like he's doing a lot better and there's a lot of excitement about the Rams, but it's just, it's amazing. Like you see that one play by Breeze and he's 38 years old and, you know, teams that have... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have the first overall pick look at that play and they're like, why can't my quarterback do that? And I think that's a nice reminder for all of us just how ridiculously special Drew Brees is. And yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that's funny is so he hasn't really done that much this year, like 376 yards. Like he hasn't broken 300 yards much this year. And you know, this was a nice reminder of how damn good Drew Brees is because I feel like this year's kind of been the Ingram and Kamara show and Brees has taken a backseat much of the season. And I think some of us, I'm not going to say Saints fans, but I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten just how good Brees is. And clearly the Panthers made a, a concerted effort to shut down the Saints running That's, game. That is, if I'd have said that in, in August, you just thought I was insane. I'd be like, the Saints are going to play a playoff game, and the team they're playing is going to be like, we're not going to let the Saints run the ball. We're going to make Drew Brees beat us. Like, <laughs> yeah. That would be, that would have been, you'd have been like, that, and it's going to be in the Superdome. You'd have been like, Ralph, you are on drugs. Like, that is, it's crazy, but that's what Carolina did. Like, Carolina was like, we don't give a shit. You are not running the ball. It was amazing. Like, um, it was, look, you, you know. Yeah, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us with Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the absurdity? <laughs> um, I, I meant to text you guys earlier today. We got to, we, we should, we should have, we get, we got to go back to the week two podcast and pull out some of our depressing sound we need bites. An intern. We need an intern. I listened to that again. It's, it's, it, it's, we it's, need more donations so we can afford an intern to do these, to make, uh, to make little skits for us. Make little skits, have a violin playing in the background, like, uh, like the funeral march. Dun, dun, right. Dun, dun, no, but I mean, look, you know, everybody, <laughs> everybody always, every, you know, all, all last week on WWL, I keep hearing Bobby and Deacon, everybody's talking about how, you know, once you're, and Deuce, you know, who's been there, obviously, you know, saying once once these guys are in the playoffs, you know, they take it up to the next level, you know, 
And it's like, well, how, how, do you, how do you take it up to another level after you've already played a full 16-week season? And Deuce was like, you just do, okay? Some, a lot of the, the veteran guys, some of the guys that know this might be their last playoff game, you know, they, they just lay it all on the line. I got uh, I got to say Deuce remember his game against Philadelphia. Right. I right. mean he, he that he that was absolutely true of Deuce McAllister. Right. And I mean and, and, and that point, wasn't point, even peak Deuce. That was that was old. Right. That was late up. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I mean point point being Drew Brees is naturally good during the season. So if you don't think Drew Brees is going to fucking step it up and notch in the playoffs, uh lord knows what you're going to see from that man. I mean he's a consummate professional. He is a consummate professional. Uh, and his that, OCD. You know, in mean, addition to being very talented, he takes his he he treats his job like a fucking job, and he is the best at it. And he puts in two hundred times more work than the next guy. And that's why he, think, that's why he is who he is. I think one thing that helps Drew Brees is his, his OCD compulsive routine. Is like he doesn't care if it's a playoff game, week two, or a preseason game. Like that dude is just doing his routine. Every single time, but Andrew, when we talk yeah, about yeah, but when he runs out into the Superdome in the playoffs, it's uh, and it's late in his career, uh, you better believe he's going to have a little extra something in the fucking tank. Well, they, Andrew, we talk about guys raising up the level of play. If I'd have told you th- that Ted Ginn, Josh Hill, and Brandon Coleman were going to have eleven catches for two hundred and four yards and two touchdowns, you'd have said what? <laughs> uh. I would have said, well, it must. Sorry, what were the names again? Ted Ginn, Brandon. I Coleman, would have said, yay, Josh Ted Hill. Ginn doesn't drop the ball. Josh Hill. I would have said, well, Brandon Coleman and, and Ted Ginn must have had great games because I know Josh Hill didn't catch <laughs> any of those. <laughs> Josh Hill was fucking amazing. That, that was catch, just, that catch over the middle that Drew Brees threw that unbelievable. That was that was. I honestly, that was a great really throw by Brees. Josh Hill had it in him. That was 2015 preseason. He's going to catch 50 balls, Josh Hill, and we're not going to miss Jimmy Graham. Remember those times? That oh, was a, yeah. That was a thing. People forget. Jimmy that. who? Jimmy who? Yeah. It was fucking amazing. Well, we didn't remember. We didn't think Ben Watson was going to be all that. We we really Anyone, thought Josh Hill was going to take over and yeah. Do, and Ben Watson wasn't all that till his last year with the Saints. Ben you know. Watson. No, no, but Watson. Yep. I'm saying when they let go of Jimmy yep. Graham, we didn't yep. think why. You know, that was Watson's last year, and we didn't think Watson yep. was going to be the one that kind of take over. We thought Even Sean Payton was Hill. talking uphill. And he delivered yesterday, for God's sakes. Um, but Andrew, what, we're going to talk about the dancing. Do we talk about the dancing now? <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about this i mean is it t- is it time dave to accept why other nfl fan bases hate the fucking saints and sean payton i mean they were rubbing that shit in yesterday and we love it and it was fantastic but if you're a panthers fan or you're another nfl fan and you're not into dancing and rubbing it in and showing sportsmanship and all that i mean it was pretty the saints were were going there and Talk about the dancing. Well, I mean, first of all, those videos of, of Breeze and Amazing. Peyton and, and, the, and the team dancing, uh, you know, definitely made my Monday morning uh, a lot better. Um, but no, Bre- <laughs> you know, it, 
it, it, it, it just warms my soul to see those videos. I mean, I love it. I really do. It makes me giddy. But, I mean, Breeze and Peyton are the two whitest motherfuckers on the face of the <laughs> the, broom uh, was, the broom was just ridiculous. I think I need uh, to awesome. have ben, Benson with the broom is going to be new, my new screensaver on my computer. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I wonder if Benson like went in the locker room and went up to Sean Peyton and said, you're fired, Alvin. Um, I mean, Saints fans haven't been uh, much better. I mean, you saw a bunch of them who were buying brooms and shipping them to the Carolina Panthers facility addressed to Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, um, Andrew, Cam Jordan, he's turned into like a smack-talking motherfucker. He called uh, Matt Khalil, let's call him Speed Bump, Speed Bump McGee. I mean, (laughs) that's awesome. But it's like a new, it's like a new side of Cam Jordan, right? Yeah, but you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like Cam Jordan is malicious, though. You know, first of all, he, yeah, he's highly, you're not the dude he's he's highly intelligent. <laughs> he, he, no, but Cam Jordan is well liked. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I think guys like Matt Khalil and Cam Newton respect Cam Jordan. You know, I, I think it's all in good fun and. He's not one of those guys that says it maliciously and with, with like intent to ridicule. You know, I, I think he's just a guy that likes to have fun, but you know, is kind of well respected. So, so when you I don't hit beat know. six love, six love on the tennis court, if somebody called you speed bump McJuge, you wouldn't be upset. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Just, but you know, it, well, listen. The Times Picayune. Did you oh guys my god! That that's a, that deserves a Pulitzer. I thought they that was they're, savage. That I was savage. I mean, they, they I, went I think from there's a level of professionalism you need to maintain when you're supposed to be by. You know, oh, by get person. the fuck out of here with the Times Picayune. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Go fuck yourself. The, the Times Picayune has never been claimed to be unbiased, unbiased when it comes to the Saints. I mean, they're, well, that's, they're, that's all Jeff Duncan ever says. That, no, that, dude, the, 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 the Times Picayune, when the Saints win, they're, they know that they're moving like three times as many papers as they do on a normal Monday or when the Saints lose, so they got to come up with the headline, man. And that I thought Buns of Steel was like the top of the top, but... <laughs> the headline from today. I mean, that was just brutal. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers have a new owner, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, that's a Pulitzer. Deserves a Pulitzer. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, the fourth down call. I initially hated it, but when I thought about it, Andrew, this is my opinion on it. The Saints and Sean Payton and Drew Brees – that's what they yeah, do. Talk, talk me out of this, Ralph. Talk me down. They, talk look, me out of this. They go 100 miles an hour. The Saints, you can't knock them when they go on fourth down and then lionize ambush in the Super Bowl. The Saints have won playoff games because they did onside kicks. They won a Super Bowl. They lost San Francisco because they blitzed 12 guys and couldn't cover Vernon Davis. And they almost lost yesterday because they went on fourth down. It's just what they do, and that's how they are, and that's how they roll. They blitzed at the end of the game, and it worked, and it was beautiful. Von Bell had the sack to win. Like, this is the Saints. This is what they do. I can't, I can't knock them. You know what Sean Payton and Drew Brees are. It's, I, I wasn't that upset. The call, I thought I didn't understand at all. Like, what, what the fuck kind of play call was it? But going for it, I, not a problem. Not really a problem. Andrew, I don't know. I, I disagree. I just I disagree. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's one of those things like situational 
football. And I just think you're at the 50, which means you've got the best punter in the league. Um, so you're probably pinning them inside the 10. But who's talking, Sean Payton and Drew who's talking them fucking out of it? Like, Neither of them is going to be who on the Saints. Who on the Saints coaching staff is going to be like Carmichael would be the only one. Well, first of all, I think if you're going to go for it, don't like try to draw them off sides and then go for it because I feel like you can have the benefit of them thinking that you're trying to draw them off sides and like they're so focused on like they're not going to snap it just don't jump off sides that they might lose a little aggression and you can catch them napping. So that's the first problem I have with it is. Like, if you're going to actually go for it, don't, you know, call a timeout after running the clock down and then go for it. So they, I, and that's I, a that good I have point. A I think Kamara probably could have taken – like, if they would have snapped that ball with two seconds left on the play clock and handed off Kamara, there's like a 30% chance he goes in the end zone. Because everybody would have been like, I can't believe they just fucking went for it, you know? No, I, I'm with you, but I, listen, I, I think – if you don't get it now, they were really fortunate with the interception, oh first of all, because, you know, if they if they don't get that pick like they, they've got they've got 50 yards to go. So you've got to think with more said. The Saints probably gained 40 to 45 yards worth of field position there defensively. And the we're inside two minutes. The Panthers have no timeouts. They have to score a touchdown. And they'd have to go 95, 90 yards. I, I just think you, you make them do that, man. And yeah, I, I, mean, I just, I, I, I did not like the decision to go for it at all. I mean, I just, I, the thing is, I, it didn't, it didn't make me, it didn't drive me crazy because it's who Sean Payton and Drew Brees are. I, pro- I probably would have punted too, but I just, like Dave, I mean, this is like, you can't, I mean, how many, it's, it's year 12 of this. Like, we can't say, oh, my God, I can't believe Sean Payton did something reckless. No, impressive. I don't think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think anybody should be surprised. Uh, I think we all should have, first of all, we all should have known they were going to try the hard count uh, to start with. Are you with. guys with me, though, that they, if they were going to totally, go for it, they shouldn't totally. have That's done a the great hard point. count? I wish Correct. I, I wish, I, wish I would have thought yes. of it, and I would have put yeah, it in my column. I hadn't thought of that. What I had thought of is if they're going to punt it, what I would have liked them have seen to, is... is do the hard count again and try to get them again on the second time. And if you don't get it, you just take the delay of gate penalty. Obviously, you can't, you can't call a timeout. But they should have done, already... done a fake punt to Taysom Hill is what they should have done. <laughs> get the hell out of here. I was uh... telling Ralph that right before, yeah. <laughs> you were. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 if you know you're going you know to punt it, I would have liked to have seen them try the hard count again a second time and just take the penalty if they don't bite. Ralph, you know they, they've got that bullet still in the chamber. Oh, that bullet's, the in, that, that bullet's in the chamber when it's 10-10 in Philadelphia in the middle of the third. And they're at the 40. Yeah, I mean, Ralph, I mean, to, to your point about having, having you know, Peyton and Breeze, and, and you know, they're always going 100 miles an hour. I think that's a great analogy, metaphor, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> Simile, I don't know what. Um, but uh, like Andrew said, it's situational. You know, ambush wasn't, uh, you know wasn't the same situation. That was just to start the first half. There was another 30 minutes to play after that. That's right. It's not do or die. Yeah. Right. This was a do or die situation. I mean, I, obviously, we all understand why they wanted to go for the fourth down. They wanted to get the first down, and then that would have, been, that would have ended the game. They didn't want to give the Panthers the ball back. Um, but, I, you know, like Andrew said, you, you could have pinned them inside the, you know, the 10 or the, at the 15 or something like that, and then they had less than a minute and – no timeouts and a whole field to go. Yeah. You know, a whole field to go. You know, yeah. like I, I was frustrated, but like I'm not one that like 
I, I'm not one that will like criticize decisions in game. I'm, I'm very, I'm usually I'm pretty yeah. even keel and I'm like, let's see how like the game ends and like, let's see how things play out and then we can go back and judge you know, whether it was a good decision or not. So like for the most part, you know, even when that happened, I was like, all right, like that sucks. I don't like the call, but like, we just need to stop them to win the game. But you can ask my wife. My um, wife. You can ask my kids. The the one my kids. the one part of this game where I became completely unhinged. It was the, it was the runoff. Yeah. When they would, I, you losing your fucking mind. mind. Because thank, thank God we have Sean Payton as a goddamn coach. With so the, thank like God. The, thank God he, he wasn't like the camera wasn't on him at all at that point. Dave was he was he the one that made them do that. I believe so. I believe he was. Okay. Didn't they, didn't they call a timeout or? I don't, I don't know. know yeah. but, I don't know. But like, I'm watching the game, and like, as soon as there's intentional grounding, I'm like, hell yes, 10 second runoff. I I, I knew it immediately. And so Washington game, I, same thing. I I'm watching the play continue to unfold, and I I'm like, they're not going to forget this, are they? And I just start screaming. <laughs> no, where's my second ten second runoff? No, like, no, you can't let him snap it. What are you doing? Like, and uh, so anyway, I was losing my mind, and uh, I'm glad they caught that because that was huge. Yeah, um, Andrew. They almost forgot. They almost did. Like the if, if, they did. You, I if think you're they like forgotten, I, I think it was Peyton who had to. Yeah, they said it was on the on the on the broadcast. I think they said that like New York called them. And was like, dude, you need oh, to okay. run off. Um, I he, was also like real frustrated though because like they're supposed to do a ten second runoff, and like they're supposed to the start clock. the clock yeah. as soon as like the ball is placed. So like as much time as it, it took them to figure it out, it basically like gave Carolina enough time that it was like they had a timeout. Yeah, it did. Like they didn't. Like the full effect of the ten second runoff didn't happen because usually because no. usually they go. They go um, intentional grounding, ten second runoff, put it to thirty four twenty four, and they and they start winding that shit again. And Carolina was ready to run the play and all that. Uh, Andrew, I rarely am this year. I mean, I've picked some of the games correct, but I'm rarely as dead on correct about a Saints game as I was about this fucking game. This I was, I, agree. I was, I was like. Greg Olson scares me to death. You're like, his leg is broken. It'll be fine. I was like, the dude was good against Green Bay. He's a first ballot Saints Hall of Fame killer. And that dude destroyed the Saints. But here's the thing. Should we, should I be? Now we have Kyle Rudolph next week. Well, he, no, he's not Olson. But here's my, here's my question, Andrew. Should we be as concerned about eight touchdowns this season? Well, no, but he's just not as good as Olson. But here's my question is, should we be as Worried about the Saints' defense as some people are, or was it a fact of as soon as Cam Newton threw that rope off the back of his foot that the dude for Carolina, who I didn't know his name, dropped it? You were like, "Oh shit, we got good Cam Newton today. This is a problem." Like, is it just he, a, like Cam no, I got to give Cam Newton credit? He went on the road after just laying a complete egg against the Falcons, and you know. I got to give him credit, man. He came into that game and played like an MVP caliber quarterback. I mean, playoffs on the road, um, their receivers are pretty terrible. And, you know, the one guy they have decent fun was was playing with one arm. And, um, 
you, you got to give him credit, man. He, he put that team on his back and he almost pulled it off. And, and I, I, that was one of the best games he's played against the saints in a while. And he, he's had two pretty miserable performances against the saints this year. So um, I was impressed. I mean, that, that's the level he was playing at consistently when he was the MVP. Yeah. And that's the uh, thing. That's the, that's the, he played very, very well. That's the, that's the cam where like you can look at completion percentage, but it doesn't matter. Like it's just, he's on fire and he had drops and he was running around and doing stuff. Um, but, yeah. sh- but should we be like, this is the second week in a row. Their, their secondary kind of got lit up. Should we be well, hurt? first of all, you know, I think Jameis Winston he kind of got his shoulder right. And if you look at how he was playing the last several weeks of the year, um, he, he was kind of back to, you know, you remember as a rookie, he was over 4,000 yards and mm-hmm. he, uh, he, he had some, some really good moments. And I thought he was kind of back to like peak Jameis Winston, which is still inconsistent, but you know, he was making a lot of good throws. And I, I thought Cam was too. I, I just think Minnesota is a different offense. And I think, Minnesota, the strongest thing that they have is two phenomenal receivers in Thielen and Diggs. And I actually think the Saints defensively, it poses a different problem, which the Saints match up for a lot better. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot harder on the Saints offensively because they're going to be on the road and they're playing a, a better defense with better pass rushers. So I think that side of it is more problematic. But on the defensive side of the ball, I think with Carolina, you look at who their best playmakers are and it's a receiving back and it's their tight end. And unfortunately the saints have had so many injuries at linebacker. I mean, they just couldn't cover McCaffrey and Olsen, you know, and those really were Cam Newton's two best playmakers. And so when you look at Dalvin cook, who's not, who's out and you mentioned Kyle Rudolph, pretty good tight end, but he is not Greg Olson. At least when Greg Olson's playing like that, um, you know, Kyle Rudolph doesn't scare me like Olson scares me. And so it's really, you know, that offense goes through Thielen and Diggs. And so, you know, you look at who's covering Thielen and Diggs and it's Lattimore and Crawley. And so I think, I think from a talent perspective, uh, the Saints just match up, you know, their, their best players on defense can kind of mitigate. Who is Minnesota going to try to isolate on PJ Williams, who has been pretty okay this year, but he got hurt yesterday and he is getting lit up in the slot yesterday. Well, to me, I think the key is Kyle Rudolph. You know, if, if they can get him to make plays on the linebackers, that's still probably the best bet for the Vikings. But, you know, and, and you know, Crawley can be a little handsy. So, um, you know, Crawley is a physical corner. You know, maybe you can get a couple flags on him. So that's probably still someone you attack. But uh, I just think at the end of the day, this matches up a little bit better. But I'm Keen, Keen, Case Keenum's never started a playoff game in his career. So I'm very curious to see how he comes out and plays like, you know, you look at Blake Bortles and um, oh, Blake Bortles was trash. The the Jacksonville yeah, was a piece of the like, team. I mean, Jesus. Bortles had a really good year, and so I, I think that yeah, this just been, goes to show a, that like the playoffs are very different. He's been from a dumpster fire the last month, though. Okay, Jared Goff was very good this year, that's, but you that's get fair. into the playoffs and he was terrible, and and Tyrod Taylor was awful, and, and you know, I mean, he's awful a lot of times, but. I, I just think when you get to the playoffs and all the defenses are good and they start to play a lot tighter um, and, it, and the, these young quarterbacks without experience, I just think they get scared to make a mistake and they get really conservative. And so that's the difference to me between guys like we just talked about, Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, who, who don't have the experience. And then you look at guys like Matt Ryan, 
Cam Newton, Drew Brees, like those guys, they're not worried about making a mistake. They're going to attack you. And that's what you saw from all those quarterbacks who have all been MVPs and all have experience in the playoffs. They go, they go try to win the game. They're not worried about making a mistake. They're not worried about being conservative. And so it's going to be interesting to see now case Keenum's a guy that's played well this year, but like, again, that's another guy. Like I want to see him do it in the playoffs and I could see the Vikings coming out a little tentative, a little, you know, let's feel the game out. Let's not make any mistakes. And you know, breeze isn't going to be like that. Yeah, breeze I mean, is going to come out. Like I'm playing to get to the super bowl. Yeah. And so, and, and if breeze gets hot early and case Keenum kind of feels a little shaky and tentative and conservative, I think that's where the Saints could that it could start to tilt in the Saints' face. Well, that's the thing they've got they've got to they've got to sort of they've got to we'll get to the game preview in a bit, but we they got they got to make they got to make Case Keenum tight and that you know the the Minnesota they have a lot of fucking baggage like like if you look at the two best NFC championships of the last twenty years, it's the 1998 NFC Championship and the 2009 NFC Championship. And the common denominator in those games is the Vikings had their heart ripped out, set on fire, and stomped on. Um, and they lost in overtime at home to Atlanta. They lost in overtime on the road to the Saints. And, like, that stadium, they go to that stadium, they're kind of like Kansas City was against Tennessee because Kansas City had lost six straight home games and hadn't won a home playoff game since, like, 91. Like, that stadium, they were just waiting for the piano to get dropped on them. And that's how that stadium is. And if you can get Case Keenum to start slow, then it can sort of happen. But, Dave, the Saints, unfortunately, the offensive line injury of the week was a bad one this week. Andres Peake got the air cast. He got carried off. Uh, how concerned are you about the offensive line for the Saints? Uh, this is, I mean, it's been, I mean, Pete, Pete's been valuable because he's, he's filled in at tackle. He's filled in at guard. Um, he's like the Bryce Harris, fi- the, the, the Bryce Harris firewall. He keeps, he keeps. Right. But better, but he, but, but I mean, yeah, firewall. Oh, like he keeps Bryce Harris off of the yes. field. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, it's not. It's not like this is anything new for the Saints this season. I mean, they've had to, uh, they've had to get it done with a patchwork offensive line pretty much every week this season. I mean, it's not like as bad as like the Redskins uh, have had to deal with this season, but uh, you know, they've. It, it's been constant musical chairs along the front uh, all season. So this is just more of the same. So honestly, it doesn't. As a as a as a unit, they've. They've played pretty damn well. I mean, they've. I, I think PFF. I read the email this morning from PFF. I mean, I think they were pretty highly graded. Um, so I, I it does, doesn't really concern me. I, I honestly, I genuinely feel bad for Andrew Pete. But Andrew, we have reached the point, like we said, we've said all along. This offensive line is deep. It is. It can be awesome if they're healthy. Healthy, they're never healthy, but it's still been pretty damn good. But we always said they can absorb two injuries. They've had the two injuries. Now they get another injury. Is it? It could be a It could be very bad in Minnesota. Like they. they so who 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 did they put in? Did they put in Kelamete? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think Kelamete. That's fine if Kelamete is, is is the starter. I mean, you've got obviously. Uh, uh, center, I can't even think of his damn name. Uh, Unger at center, and obviously you got Warford, and you've got Arm- Armstead's back. 
Uh, Ramchek is out there, so but that's what I'm know, saying. Andrew, Kelly, you, Kelly, you, Kelly, Kelly has probably played most of the season. Yeah, he point. he got like a like a four hundred thousand dollar bonus because he played sixty percent of plays. But Andrew, yeah. like they like this is it. They can't like another injury and it becomes very difficult. Yeah. Uh, Why I you put so. in Larivas? He's played a whole bunch. Of no, teams, but if you, but if you get no, if you get a guy injured at tackle though, that would be a problem. Yeah. Like big, well, I think if you problem. get a guy injured at tackle, then I think you have to kick. Um, Kelmete out to tackle and Laribius would go to guard, which yeah, that, which that starts be, to feel pretty which shaky. Would, which would weird, which would is in a twist of irony would be the same way they ended the uh, the first Minnesota game because remember the first Minnesota game, Streif got hurt and they put Kelmete in at right tackle. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I, listen, I, I think. Um, you know, we were first of all, thank God they have Senio Calamete. You know, they, I mean, they that, that guy has, they got to resign that guy. And you know what? They need to pay that guy. Like I, at first, I was like, you can't pay your your sixth offensive lineman six or seven million dollars a year. Yeah, you can because he played like Dave just said. He plays all the goddamn time. They need. Yeah, to pay. no, I mean, they need to pay Calamete whatever for him to stay. But I don't think he will. I mean, if he's smart. I mean, I hope he stays. And I, I'm sure he's. I know he's very connected to New Orleans and he loves it there. So. Um, it would be great to have him back, but I, I think from a business decision standpoint, like you know, he's a prideful guy that's worked very hard to to get to where he is. Under, I, I guess he was drafted, but you know he bounced around a lot, and it took him a long time to get an opportunity. And I think if someone in this off season comes and pays him good money, which I th- I think they will, and offers him a, a start undisputed starting job where he doesn't have to compete with you know Warford and Pete. Um, I, I think he'll go and I think he'd be smart to go and I hope he doesn't, but, um, I, I just think he was a terrific investment and, you and know, it they took did some a time with the Saints. like he wasn't a guy they found him like, Oh, he's great. It was a, like a, it was like a project with him, you know? Yeah. Was, yeah. But he always had potential. I mean, I remember the first time I saw him at camp, you know, he was kind of one of the backups that stood out as, you know, yeah, this guy has potential. He's pretty good. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think they're okay with him at guard. I agree with Dave. Um, I just don't – I think the difference is Calamete is going to give you solid play. He, first of all, what's nice about a guy like that is he, the moment's not going to be too big for him. He's not going to make a huge mistake where he jumps off sides. I mean, he might, but I'm just saying, like, it's not where, like, there's going to be a play call and he's going to be like, holy shit, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. You know, or the crowd noise gets to him. I mean, he, he's played enough and he's a veteran um, that I'm confident, you know, from just a mental standpoint, he can go on the road in the playoff game and be okay. Um, you know, physically, he just doesn't have the ability to dominate in the trenches like and Pete then, does. And, and, and now we'll get to the Twitter questions. Uh, we have a bunch. Reichert asks, this is a great question, Dave. Should the Saints PR department leak new Bounty Gate rumors to troll the Vikings fans. <laughs> if Twitter, if Saints Twitter did this, it would be ama- it would be amazing. You know, you know, we uh, injured Bradford, by the way. <laughs> we, they did. They did. I forgot about that. Completely. He has not played since the Saints game because they messed not. up his knee. He is not. He is not. Oh my lord! This, so, so Dave, I would be all for that. Would you be for that? Are you kidding me? Yes, yes, I. They need to. They need to. What they need to do is they need to. We need to bring back all that 2009 shit this week. (laughs) It's it's a lot. Like Viking fans are like 
you did bounties, you cheated, but they can't prove. They never sacked Favre. They beat the crap out of him, but weirdly, they never sacked him in the game. Then they blamed, they said Pierre Thomas didn't get the fourth down in overtime. Uh, but mostly, they lost because Adrian Peterson fumbled 830 times. Like, that's who you need, right. to, that's right. who you need to blame. And they kind of outplayed the Saints. That game still makes me nervous when I watch it. Somebody should do, like, a satire article where, like, the Saints sign uh, Greg Williams as, like, a defensive assistant or something like that. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch. This week. <laughs> Zach Rudolph is going to go for eight for a buck seventy and four. Um, Andrew, what prop should the Saints celebrate with when we beat Minnesota? Uh, we should eat a bunch of bounty candy bars. <laughs> Ryan says, I asked people five words to describe their mood. <coughs> Newton in the tackle box. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't, I'm, you know, as much as crying as there's been about um, him, the, the intentional grounding call, to me, that could not have been more clear. Like, that was an easy call. I don't know why there are so many fans and Ron Rivera are, have such a gripe with that call. Like, to me, that was easy. Yeah, this is this is a tremendous question, and it reminded me because Kamara and Ingram didn't have a great game. We didn't get to talk about the Kamara articles in Sports Illustrated and the undefeated. Kamara is a New Orleans treasure. That dude, he parties like a rock star. He's like. He's like, after games, he's like, you got to enjoy the motherfucking bountiful harvest, which might be the greatest quote a Saints player has ever uttered. Um, he's, he's getting he's getting turned. He's getting turned. He's drinking <laughs> Moscow mules. But this is a great question from Eric. Who would throw a more off-the-hook Super Bowl post-game party, Kamara or Joe Horn in his prime? Oh, my God. Joe Horn in his prime. I mean, no question. I mean, Kamara. Joe Horn after games would take limos. He would come out of the limos with two bottles of, like, Vov Clico, like, high-end champagne in, in his hands and his arms around two white women. Bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag ultimate player. Yeah, um, yeah. So those are the questions. Thanks, everybody. They called, him, they called him Hollywood for a reason. Yeah, they did. Uh, those were tremendous. Those were those were might be the that the listeners. You brought your playoff question game tonight. Those were some fantastic questions. I'm not. But I'm not, going going back real quick, Ralph, to um, and I read this on Scott Alexander's Facebook, and Brian Pavick was commenting on this. So I got a point. Scott Alexander. Yes, the Scott. Um, but I got to I've got to uh, mention what they were talking about because it, it was just epic. Um, so, you know, first of all, just going back to the tears, you know, just, just the Panthers fans, we just swept them, you know, and and the Vikings fans, they're already salty. They're already talking trash, like amazing potential, um, for, for making their fans cry. And then there's a chance to potentially play the Falcons and own them. Like, do you guys realize like what kind of fairy tale we are potentially be, setting ourselves you get, up you get for. the totally revenge tour because you get yeah, you yeah. get Minnesota then you, you get, get Minnesota a, then you get then Atlanta you get, Atlanta let's say you get the Falcons at home right and then and you're going to get, get New England so like, you get total if, revenge if you tour. beat the Falcons at home first of all like 
I would argue in the NFC championship game, I, I would argue that, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because obviously they, they have to beat the Vikings, but I'm just setting this up for like what this could be. If they beat the Falcons at home, like the Falcons will never recover from that. Like after 28 to three and then yeah. losing to the saints in the NFC championship the following year, but like, that would just, from a morale standpoint, Christ. it would kill them. They'd burn, so, burn their stadium down to the ground and salt the earth. And like, so then, so think about, think about the Saints getting revenge on the Vikings in their stadium this time, beating the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl. And then Drew Brees would have the opportunity to beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, the two best ever in the Super Bowl for his two Super Bowl wins. Uh, that's a good point. He, like the fairy tale. First of all, Breeze is the best ever. So. He would be No, then then you could have a discussion for Breeze. You, you you couldn't say the most accomplished ever because Brady's got that with the five Super Bowls. But then you start saying, well, Peyton Manning's got two, but Drew Breeze has two and he has all the records. He's, you know, and and then suddenly Drew Breeze becomes from a first bout home of Hall of Famer to like, is he like top three all time? Like that's kind of what's kind of could be at stake. Top I mean, two, top two yeah, all time. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, he he already is top three all time. I you think. Know, so I think so he will finish top three. All it's time. a legacy builder, but um, yeah. Wait, would, so so does this so does this mean we're rooting for Atlanta to win? No, I still can't this week. I, still I can't. Win. Yeah, I can't. I, I, the the problem that I mentioned before we started the show for me is that we don't know what the Saints Vikings result is going to be, and for me, based on that. Like, I can't have the Falcons win and then the Vikings win. That's, like, that would be horrible for, yeah. for it to play out that way. So, like, I can't root for Atlanta. Like, I need them to lose. And if the Saints win, then I'll be bummed. Like, oh, we got to go to Philly. But, like, for, for me to have to stomach the Saints losing and the Falcons going to the NFC Championship on the same day, I just – I can't set myself up for that. Yeah. So I can't, you know, I if, can't it, if, it, if it works out and we win after the Falcons win, then I'll be relieved. But I can't uh, imagine. I can't imagine Minnesota playing home against us, home for the NFC Championship, and then home for, for the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. You know, it yeah. might that happen. Would, that would be ridiculous. And, it geez. might happen. And here's the here's the thing for me. Now, like, but, I don't, but, I don't but see that think happen. about this. I don't Dave. see that happen. We're, but think about this. The, the path for the Saints is. New Orleans, Minnesota, New Orleans, Minnesota. <laughs> that would be crazy. Oh, man. They, you talk about not getting a warm welcome if the Saints go to the Super Bowl. Minnesota people are going to. Yeah, you, you know what? That whole that crowd is is going to be 1% Vikings fan. Those are all corporate people. Yeah, yeah uh, no, you're right. That, who don't even Here, give a shit about football. Here's, here's the thing with um, – I feel like we're assuming Atlanta's going to win, though. Like, I can't, I don't the know. Eagles could still very easily Nick win. Fol- Nick Foles has been terrible, but he had a great year in 2013, and he like he, he was good in that Saints playoff game. So, like, he at least has proven capable in big moments. Not that he will. And here's the thing for me. And their it, defense is good. Their de- their defense is going. Like, to I win. could see I could see them picking off Matt Ryan a couple times and just you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I don't I don't think we can assume that. And their aren't. fans are going to be salty, and their fans are going to have the attitude of we have got to help our team because we don't have our quarterback, we don't have our guy. We've got to be crazy and nutso, and we got to get our team over the line. I could also see Atlanta like 
you know, first of all, they've, they've been able to rest and recuperate while Atlanta had to go on the road and win. And I just think the Falcons may, may have like peaked, you know, in one playoff game and I could easily see them the following yeah. week, just laying an egg. Well, now we get to the Saints game. Minnesota's a, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And here's the thing. Minnesota, and Andrew, you can attest to this. You know, people think of the Saints in Minnesota as sort of starting in 2009 and it being, a, you know, the Saints win and broke their heart and then Minnesota sort of kicked off Bounty Gate so they hate us and we hate them and all that. But, like, Minnesota in the 80s and 90s, they were the team – I mean, they were the team, the wolf, the bugaboo that, like, they kicked the Saints' ass – and yeah. I was doing research today. They beat the Saints in 86, 87, and 89, and 90. The combined score was 154 to 33 in the four games. And one of those games was a 44 to 10 beatdown in the Saints' first playoff game. If you are a Saints fan, 35 to 40, like the Vikings were the team that you hated and feared at the same time, even more so than San Francisco, because we'd lose to San Francisco, but it would be heartbreaking and a lot of games close. Minnesota just beat the Saints down until 91 when they finally got them. So this rivalry ha- – and they, 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 yeah. they, they played a big playoff. That 1987 right? playoff was horrible, and yeah. then uh, 2000, you know, was a beatdown as well. Yeah. Um, man – I just, uh, you know, they don't get talked about much because they blew it in 98 against Atlanta. And, and really, the Vikings that year, I mean, they had no business losing that game to Atlanta. Um, Atlanta was 14-2. Yeah, but that team was 15-1. and one, And I just remember, you know, that was when Culpepper was in his prime and Brandy Moss was unstoppable. And they were just, they weren't only 15-1. and one, They were annihilating teams every week. And they were clearly the best team in the NFL. And I still can't believe they lost that game to the Falcons. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So, this game. this The Vikings a- definitely, I mean, as good as they've been, and you, you talked about that stretch where they were dominant, they kind of, they're kind of a doomed franchise. Yeah, and, and here's they have the thing. not been able to break that barrier. And here's the thing, Andrew. I'll start. You can make your first prediction. The the Minnesota's favored by three and a half. I looked at their their game. Not I, obviously, I didn't watch all the games, but I looked at the scores and the the box scores. And stuff. I think you can argue that Minnesota was never as good and as dominant as they were that Monday night against the Saints. Now you could say, well, that's bad for the Saints because it means they'll they could do it again. But like, that's like as good as they. I don't think Minnesota can play any better than they played Monday night against the Saints. No, I mean, you got to remember about that game, first of all, the main reason they were able to expose the Saints to what was how poor they were in coverage. And Devontae you know, Harris. Yeah, Devontae Harris was playing, and at this point, Devontae Harris is off the team. You know, like they, they they have found five corners on their roster better than him that are all ahead of him in the pecking order at this point. Um, you know, and and the real strength of the team now is their cover, cover, their corner guys, and you know the pass rush wasn't good in that game, and you know Minnesota's offensive line per, played really well, but they were healthy. They're not healthy now. I think they're they're missing like two guys. I think. Yeah, I mean the Panthers, the Panthers beat the beat them, and ran, the, ran you know, on them too. beating the Panthers three times. Yeah, and the Panthers ran on them too. So, yep. So who do you got? You know, this Vikings defense is tremendous. Um, they're very, very good. Um, you know, especially at home. Um, you look, you look at their last home games 
um, you know, I'll, I'll run down the list. Um, they, they, they held the Bears to 10. They held the Bengals to 7. Uh, they held the Rams to 7. They held the Ravens to 16. They held the Packers to 10. Uh, they held the Lions to 14. Uh, they held the Bucks to 17 and the Saints to 19. So the Saints are actually the team that has scored the most points all season on the Vikings at home with 19 points. Um, no one after that has, has scored more than 16 on them at home. Um, so defensively, I, I think I think 24 points wins the game for the Saints. I think that's the magic number. And I don't know if the Saints are going to be able to get there. Um, but I, I think it's they're going to have to be highly efficient in the red zone. If they get trips, they've got to cash in. Um, but I think 24 points is the magic number. I do think Case Keenum, I, I think the X factor here, I think the Vikings are a better team. I think they're a better roster. I think they're stronger defensively. Their offensive line is healthier. Um, but, uh, you know, the one X factor for me is that the Saints have Breeze and the Vikings have Case Keenum. And as well as Case Keenum has played this year, um, I, I just I just keep going back to the fact that he's never started a game. And I think we're going to see him be more of a Tyrod Taylor Blake Bortles or Jared Goff in the playoffs than a Matt Ryan or a Cam Newton. And so I think that gives the Saints a chance. Um, I'm going to say the Saints on a Will Lutz field goal win this one 24 to 21. Uh, and I think they're going to escape with a victory. Ooh, who's the MVP? Is it Will Lutz because he makes the game winner? No, I, I think Breeze once again. You know, Breeze might throw a pick um, and he might get sacked a bunch. I don't know that he's necessarily going to have as epic of a game as he did against the Panthers, but I think it's going to be one of those things where the running game just can't get going, and uh, Breeze is going to put the team on his back. Dave, who you got? <clears throat> I'm tempted to say the season ends here. <laughs> I feel, I think, very much the same way that Andrew does. Uh, I'm, You know, while Andrew was talking, I was literally going back and forth in my head, in my head. Am I going to pick the saints or am I going to pick the Vikings? I'm, I'm very torn. Uh, I don't think this is that hot of a take, but I will say this. I think whoever wins this game wins the NFC and will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't even think the saints are going to get to 24. Um, but I'm, I'm going to pick the saints to win. I'm going to pick the saints to win just, just to be optimistic and not to be that guy. This is the playoffs. I can't pick against the Saints in the playoffs. Uh, and I agree. It's going to be very close, and it may come down to uh, a Will Lutz field goal. Um, By the way, Minnesota's field goal kicker is Kai Forbath, and he is fucking terrible. <laughs> is he? Say, is he terrible? He's terrible. <laughs> he's had a bad year? I'm looking it up now, but I want to say uh, he's terrible. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say the Saints are gonna win twenty to seventeen, uh, and there there I may agree with Andrew. There may be a late second. No, he's not terrible. I take it, I take it back, Andrew. I take it back. Yeah, he's kind of bounced back in his career a little bit. I think. Yeah, he's um, he's eighty four percent. I thought he was. Ter- he's missed. He's missed a bunch of extra points though. Weirdly. Um, but you know, a- Andrew's right. Uh, I think the quarterback, the experience of the quarterbacks, is, is going to play into uh, is, is going to be a factor. And uh, but I think the Saints are going to get the running game going. 
this week. I think maybe the Vikings will look at the tape and say, well, that didn't work out too well for the Panthers. So maybe we ought to go back to the old way of trying to shut down Breeze and making, uh, making them win it on the ground. Uh, and, I, and I just I can't see Kamara and Ingram having two back-to-back uh, you know, quiet, yeah, quiet games. So um, I'm going to say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Ingram. I'm going to go with Ingram as your player of the game. But Saints, Saints 20, Vikings 17. Alvin Kamara had seven carries for 18 yards in the first game. D- Dave wishes he could quit Mark Ingram. And then Ingram had they, the Saints had Ingram Peterson had six for eighteen. Ingram had six for seventeen. Kamara had seven for eighteen. That run. Well, that was that was that was before we knew Kamara was Kamara. That was before he was eating. I don't know. We knew he was awesome in the preseason, but yeah, they were trying to work in Adrian Peterson. I am going to be the contrarian, the the uh, party pooper. Uh, I just think, man, the Saints expended a lot of energy to beat Carolina, and I, I want to say Case Keenum's going to be fucking terrible, and he's going to get uh, tight, and he's going to stink, and he's going to, and the Saints are going to win. But I just don't think that's going to be the case, and I think, I think it's going to be twenty-seven. You don't think that's going to be the case, Keenum? <laughs> um, so I'm going to say Minnesota 27, Saints 17. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those games where the Saints aren't really ever out of it, but they're never really in it, and they just can't make the one play to get it over the hump and get the crowd in Minnesota really, I fucking really hate those games. I fucking hate them. Where they, those are they, the most frustrating yeah. games to watch. And it's going to be very fr- – it's going to be – it's going to Are be- you guys with me, though, that – I mean, at this point – as long as Atlanta doesn't win the Super Bowl, it's a success no matter what. Oh no! If 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 it once once the if 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 Atlanta loses to Philadelphia on Saturday, once seven if seven o'clock comes and Atlanta's lost, I'm free as a bird, and the Saints could lose a hundred to nothing, and I'll just be like, eh, whatever. 2017 was awesome. Um, I got the T-shirt, I got the DVD. It's you know, um, I just think, man, this this game, this matchup, Minnesota, they allow 25% on third down on defense. They're number three on offense on third down. I just think this is a this is a tough matchup for the Saints, and I think their their offensive line is beat up, and I just I just don't think they're going to be able to get on Minnesota. Get get on top of them or get them off to a slow start to get that crowd worried and nervous and that sort of thing. So I'm going to say 27-17. Uh, the go to the game. The go to the game is going to be um, Craig Robertson because Rudolph is going to have a, a good game. People will blame him. Uh, but that's my prediction. So anyway, hopefully I'm wrong and we're having a fun podcast next week uh, for the NFC Championship. Remember to donate to Drunk History. Uh, we're only, uh, you know, we're getting there. So you have till the end of the Super Bowl to get it done so we can have season two. Uh, so for Dave, for Andrew, uh, until next week, the bar is closed. Please don't make it Pelican season, Saints. <laughs>